Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. That depends on you, where you are, and when you are listening. It's early Wednesday morning, January 26, 2021 here that I'm recording right now. Some of the bits in that segment you'll hear were recorded Monday and Tuesday. So uh, bear with that, references that are to wrong days throughout the podcast. I am the Meatball. This is Meatballs for America. Call it episode 11. Uh... After 12, uh, I'm going to regroup, reorganize, and decide exactly how I'm structuring this show. This is a work in progress. Any suggestions or advice you may have, feel free to let me know. You can always contact the show with your opinions, uh, voice uh, your agreements, your disagreements, anything you really want to gripe about. Call the Meatballs Gripe Line at 307-363-2669. Let me know what you're thinking about. You can also email me at meatballsforamerica at yahoo.com. That's all lowercase with the number four. Look for me on Facebook. I go by Frank Talker on Facebook. Look for me. Send me a friend request. I will accept. And on Twitter, you can look for me at MBS4America on Twitter. That is at capital M, capital B, capital S, the number four, capital A, then finish spelling America at MBS4America. That's where I am on Twitter. I will be putting... Uh, you know, different phrases, different uh, things up on Twitter and Facebook that will relate to the show. You can make comments there that I may actually use on the show. Um, but one of the fun things and one of the things I want to talk about you today is the greatness of Twitter. Um, I tweet at, I don't know how you go if it's tweet, twat, quote it, or whatnot, but I tweet at uh, a couple of people just about every morning, and, and I suggest that you do it because it's a great thing. Uh, you don't have to write letters, you don't have to mail them, you don't need stamps, but you can let people know what you're thinking right away. I don't know how much of these celebrities and politicians actually read and review their accounts. I'm sure people do monitor them. Uh, but uh, first off, I tweet at the president every morning. Uh, you can let him know how you feel about his job, good, bad, or indifferent. Simply tweet him at capital P, capital O, capital T, capital U, capital S, at POTUS. Uh, things I, I do is, uh, well, if he lies, for instance, all this stuff he talks about the filibuster right now, uh, I go find quotes of his from uh, when he was on the opposite side, because just about every topic you find in politics and in America, you can find Joe Biden arguing against, arguing for, supporting, or denying. You can find clips of him doing both things on just about every uh, subject because that's what he does. He just tells people what they want to hear and then fails miserably at everything he does. Uh, but for instance, you know, as he uh, fought that uh, if we don't break this filibuster and get my voting rights rules in, it's going to destroy democracy. Whereas in 2005, when the Re Republicans had control and they considered the nuclear uh, option and getting rid of that filibuster, then he said, oh, that would be a threat to our democracy. Notice the theme. Uh, and it's a grab for power. That's all it is. Uh, I, I put those quotes on last week's, but you can look those up. So, you know, I let him know when I hear him lie, I tell him his opposite. Like when he gives his Mandela speech, then I, I play him. I got a little clip where he says, well, I wasn't really arrested. The police told me I couldn't go somewhere. So he wasn't even detained, but he tells the story. I remember when I was arrested with Mandela. But uh, so you got to point this this stuff out on this guy. Uh, the one thing is I curse at him and, and they don't stop me. I mean, I've told him I think he sucks. I've told him 
you know what? No more hashtag FJB. No more let's go, Brandon. You deserve it. Fuck you, Joe Biden. So if you follow me on Twitter, you get to see a lot of those things. Um, but he lets me go. I also uh, tweet at AOC. I started doing her last week. I have been restricted a few times by her. Um, she, uh, you know, I like to call her. I tell her she's whining. I tell her she's annoying. But uh, I've had, uh, I think, two or three 12-hour restrictions from Twitter shortly after uh, tweeting at her. So she doesn't like negative comments. But, you know, shoot him anyway. I, I like to ask her, too, uh, is your umbrella still living in squalor and uh, like an animal in a house with no roof as you wait for Trump to bail her out? Or did you finally part with some of your money and protect her? I do things like that. I, I tweet at the vice president. I ask her every morning what she's doing about the border. You know, that thing that your president puts you in charge of. I tell her not to be so mean to her uh, staff. You know, treat them nicely. They are propping your failing ass up. Um, who else do I tweet? Uh, Joy Reid. I ask her not to be a racist and to stop her race baiting daily. Uh, I comment on a lot of her quotes because she'll like, she calls people out. She says, how come you're not addressing this? So I say, oh, just like you didn't address when Smollett's story blew up and it was a, made a lie, told a lie, never again addressed it. Or I ask her like, you didn't cover Daryl Brooks and his racist social media, his racist filled music and how he purposely went out to kill white people. You didn't address that, but like she'll call out other people who say things. Uh, I keep asking her too. come on my podcast, talk to me. And I also ask her, why don't you interview Candace Owens? Wouldn't you love to see race baiter, hate mongrel, Joy Reid, you know, talk some of her bullshit to Candace Owens and have, you know, have her set her right. Uh, Candace Owens is a remarkably intelligent, well-spoken woman. And uh, it's amazing to me when you bring her up to black people, she's a sellout. Um, I think Obama gave a speech once where, you know, he said, you got to stop telling white black people to stop acting white when they act, you know, civilized. <laughs> it's, I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say that, but <clears throat> that's that's how I feel. But anyway, use Twitter. Get out there. Tweet at these people. Uh, I'm just starting to tweet at Rachel Maddow because she's complete mouthpiece for the Dems. It's amazing when you listen to her podcast. If she describes, you know, any indictment or anything with a Republican or conservative, it's like proof positive guilt. Look, see what these people did. Then every, uh, you know, what are they, indictment or anything on the left side is a joke and a, an abuse of the system. Uh, it, it really is amazing how one-sided these people see things. Another person, a John K. Blake, he's a, a black racist writer for CNN. Uh, he put one article and had a monster headline. I, I believe I've mentioned it a few times on America has seen nobody more fearful than an angry white man or something to that. You know, there's nothing scarier in America than an angry white man. And, you know, like I point things out to him when he writes articles like that. I say, what do you think would happen if a white journalist wrote an article like that about black people? Um, you can't do this stuff. It, it, it's got to be fair. You want fair, fairness and you want equality. You can only do what I could do. I can only do what you can do. One of my biggest problems is that N-word. Uh, if a white, heterosexual, Christian male uses that word at work, he's more than likely going to get fired. He's definitely going to get a final written warning, bare minimum, yet any black person can say it 9,000 times. He'd be lucky to even have 
a supervisor say, hey, don't use that word to him. And that's not fair. Either we all get fired for using the word or nobody gets fired for using the word. That's equality. And most of these woke people are not looking for equality. They're looking for revenge, restitution, and superiority. And that's what Joy Reid definitely wants. And you got to let her know to stop it. And you got to let MSNBC to know we're tired of you letting racist black people on the air and white people can't even say boo. And that's the truth, unfortunately. And it's not racist to say that. Hey, Meatballs, it's your old friend, Wiz Without. Hey, listen, I've been thinking, how did you come up with the name Meatballs? I asked your girlfriend the other day if I got done stuffing her Peugeot, and she didn't even know. She just thought, it's because you got no sausage. Oh, all right there, jerk off. Have a good show. All right, so for those of you who didn't recognize, that is Wiz Without Brains. He's uh, one of my troll callers, I guess. My only troll caller so far. I'm sure I will get more as I expand. I don't tell a whole lot of people about this yet. I'm still figuring the show out, still making it. Those of you I have told and asked to listen to, uh, you are part of my pseudo-focus group, and I appreciate any feedback you will give me. But uh, that is a, a troll caller. Uh, he named himself Wiz Without uh, as his incognito alter ego name. I add it without brains because most of his comments do pan out to the fact that he does not have brains. I also want to add no class neither and uh, one trick pony to his name. So he's a uh, Wiz Without Brains or class because uh, his one trick is he just wants to constantly talk about my girlfriend uh, and doing her. Joke's on him. I'm single at the moment, so I hope he just ain't banging some trans woman that claims to be my girlfriend. He probably wouldn't know the difference. But uh, this week, I also put a uh, feelers out. You can find them on Facebook and on Twitter. I asked people for calls about their favorite cartoon characters. Wiz Without Brains, class, and the one trick pony that he is. Actually, pulled a second trick. He did leave a call about his cartoon character. I'll let you hear that. Hey, Meatballs, just calling about our favorite cartoon character. My God, there's so many to choose from, especially for those of us that grew up in the 70s when cartoons were awesome. But I'm going to go with Mighty Mouse. Oh, yes, oh, yes. So when there is a wrong from right, Mighty Mouse will join the fight. Effing right. Uh, I'll give the guy some credit. He's got a decent taste in cartoon characters. I like Mighty Mouse. Here he comes to save the day. I used to love when I had a guy from Taxi used to do that. Uh, one day I'll, do, I'll tell you a great story about, about that. I um, can't even remember his name right now. He's one of my favorite comedians. But there's a really, really great story about that record playing he used to do on stage that I will give to you at some point, probably next week. I think I'm going to put that together for next week. I want to make sure I got all my I's dotted and T's crossed before I tell you. You probably figured out by now. Uh, I put out a feelers for favorite cartoon characters this week. Look for it on Twitter. Look for it on Facebook. I'll ask you some questions. Some people even text to leave me a message about certain things. I also uh, am going to revisit 1976 this year each week during my points bet call. Uh, since he destroys me in football and betting and sports stuff, uh, I ask him some uh, pop culture trivia type questions about different years. This year we're revisiting 1976 and the questions go as follows. Always ask the president and vice president. So in 1976, who was your president and vice president in the United States? In 1976, 
what do you believe minimum wage was? 1976, the Dow Industrial Average, the highest close it had during that year would be... And can you name the World Series champions, the NFL Super Bowl champions, the NBA champions, and the Stanley Cup winners of the NHL? Also, can you give me one of five of the top movies of 1976 and one of five of the top TV shows of 1976? Uh, So there are questions for revisiting. Let's get in real quick. Mr. Ravioli, who hasn't called in a little while, he let us know his favorite cartoon character. Let's hear that. Meatballs, this is Ravioli. So interesting uh, question you posed. I put a little thought into it. So my favorite cartoon character, only a few people are going to know, and that was Marine Boy. He was a cartoon character that ate gum and was able to swim underwater I don't know why, but he was my favorite. My favorite cartoon, however, without a doubt, no question, was Speed Racer. Just loved it. Um, second favorite cartoon character or a cartoon character that most people will know, and I think everybody loved the Tasmanian Devil, and so did I. So that's my meatballs on cartoon characters. All right, meatball. Take care. I vaguely remember Marine Boy. I think uh, I see a little blonde-haired cartoon kid who chewed a lot of gum who I do recall spending a lot of time underwater. So I think I do vaguely remember Marine Boy. Uh, His other ones, really, really good choices. Uh, Speed Racer. Love Speed Racer. He's a demon on wheels. That's a great episode. I actually have uh, a Speed Racer McDonald's car. Funny story about that. I took my nephew. Uh, he's in his 30s now, but he was he was a kid then, maybe somewhere between 6 and 10, I guess, on the lower end. But I we went to McDonald's. I got him a Happy Meal, and uh, he had a Speed Racer Mach 1 car, a little red and white car in it that you pull back, and the wheels tension up, and it'll take off. I took it from him. He cried a little. I went back to the store. I bought him a whole new Happy Meal and got him a new toy. But I wanted the Mach 1. Uh, I didn't mean to hurt his feelings. I, I didn't know it'd be that big a deal. I didn't even think he knew who Speed Racer was. Uh, I don't think he did at the time. But anyway, I took the little kid's car, but I paid for it. Anyway, that's my Speed Racer story. Uh, another one that I get a lot, I got a lot of is Betty Boop. Here's one of those. Hey, Meatballs, I'm calling about my favorite cartoon character. That would be Betty Boop. All right, over and out. Hi, Meatballs. So um, this is Angie from South Philadelphia, and I'm thinking I like Mighty Mouse. He's cool. Okay, talk to you soon. But my all-time favorite, Foghorn Leghorn, that big old rooster with the booming voice. And he was always mentoring the little ones. Uh, I think it was a little chicken most of the time, but he's like, pay attention, son. Look at me when I'm talking to you, boy. Always things like that. I think he was always humming uh, that song, Camp Town Races, and he did a doo-dah, doo-dah, really loud. He was my favorite. Uh, all right, let me, uh, for this week's episode, let me give you a couple of good TV recommendations. Uh, new show I started watching, Call Me Cat. Uh, season two is on now. I caught the second episode, made me go back and find season one. Uh, that Mayan Billick, I don't know if I'm saying her name right. She was Blossom, and then she was Amy Fowerback 
on uh, Big Bang Theory. Really good actor. She's a genius, too, the woman. But uh, she is. Uh, she has a new show out. Started last year after Big Bang ended, uh, called uh, "Call Me Cat" with a K, K A T. She's a single woman. Uh, I think about thirty nine. They do mention her age because her and her mother discuss her singledom quite often. And uh, she opens a coffee and cake shop called uh, Cat's Cafe or something like that. It's a coffee shop and donut shop where she also has. A bunch of fostered stray cats. They walk around the cafe. She's got all kinds of cat stuff for them. And uh, while you're uh, having your coffee and cake, you could adopt a stray cat, a feral cat. Uh, it's an outlandish, outlandish plot line. But that that cat cafe falls so far in the background when you're watching. It's pretty entertaining. She acts more like a uh, grown-up blossom in this than she does Amy Fowerback. She's not playing grown-up blossom uh one of the early episodes in season one she actually had joey lawrence the guy who played her older brother on that show and they really they really mocked him i actually liked him he was a pretty good actor i've seen him in other things and uh, the girl who played her best friend they came in and they sat in her cafe having coffee it was a pretty good episode but uh, a lot of her actions are like an adult blossom i would imagine i used to like that show blossom and uh i actually had a little bit of a crush on her when she was a teenager she she didn't age well in my opinion not my type at all uh but uh also one there is a lady called swoozy kurtz i like to call her the poor man's reba mcintyre uh she always plays you know the over involved red-headed outspoken mother in most shows uh, i believe she was in mike and molly and uh that uh the joey uh tribbiani not joey tribbiani he's who he was on friends his new show he had a show uh a few years ago, it was a pretty good show. Uh, Man with a Plan, I think it was called. I think she played his mother on that too, but she's really good in there. And then there's that little old guy, Leslie Jordan. He always plays a little old, snappy gay guy. Uh, don't know if he's really gay in real life. He plays a fantastic gay character uh, on TV. He was uh, Karen on Will and Grace's Arch Nemesis. Uh, but he's a little old guy. He's tiny, plays a, a, a great, snippy gay man. Some Sometimes evil, sometimes sweet. He's a, he's a sweet old gay man in this, but really really great character you'll love him the show's really really good uh i give it a seven on the one doubt well seven on the well done scale and a seven and a half on the worth watching scale now another show more dramatic series it's a netflix show bloodline really really good show kyle chandler he was the father on friday night lights uh i think he did a another show where he was a news reporter who actually got a newspaper discussing the future every morning. So he was able to report on something that didn't happen or, or get to something that didn't happen yet to better report on it. But that was a pretty good show too. I'll, I'll have to look up the name on that. But uh, Kyler Chandler, he uh, he's like the main character. He's the second son of a prominent Florida family. They have a real big resort on the island. His older brother is kind of the long-lost black sheep of the family. He's got a younger brother and a younger sister also. But it's a successful local family. Uh, it's a mom, a dad, three sons, and a daughter, like I mentioned. And uh, they're dealing with uh, dark family secrets and exposure as as the parents get older. Uh, 
I give it an 8 on the well-done scale and a 7.5 on worth watching. It's very intriguing and entertaining. It didn't grab me. It's not one of those shows where, oh my God, I got to watch the next episode. None of that's happened to me yet. I'm about five episodes in of season one. There are three seasons, but it's definitely very good, very entertaining, and it is something if you need something to watch, you could look for. So check those two things out. Call me Cat on the lighter, funny side, and as far as a drama bloodline on Netflix, check that out. Uh, I'm always looking for suggestions on what to watch and what to review. You can email me those things at meatballsforamerica at yahoo.com, or you can leave them on my voicemail, 307-363-2669. If you want to leave an entire review on a TV show on the voicemail or in an email, do it. I'll read it. I'll play it. You could do your movie reviews. Uh, <laughs> if somebody wants to be my regular TV movie reviewer, feel free to, to shoot me an email and request to do that. Uh, I know people get sick of hearing my voice quite a bit. Uh, let's get into our points bet call now, though. going to get on the phone with my guy at points bet and don't forget at points bet you go over there you sign up with a new uh, account and you go into that promo code box and you put my code meatballs in there and we're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar for a free bet so if you put a hundred dollars in there we're going to give you a hundred dollars free bet well they're going to give you a hundred dollars free bet i don't give anybody nothing uh, if you put a thousand dollars in there, they're going to give you a thousand dollars for a free bet. And if you give up to two thousand dollars, they're going to match up to two thousand dollars just using that promo code Meatballs at Points Bet. Check it out. Did I explain that correctly, my guy over there, Points Bet? That is absolutely right, Meatball. It's so simple. You just go to PointsBet.com, log on, and it'll it'll say you know create a username. It'll say do you have a promo code? Put in Meatballs. Make a deposit with PayPal. Uh, Venmo, uh, or you know, any credit card. Most people use PayPal, and uh, we'll double the batch up to two grand. Yep, that's right. Nice. And you bet that two thousand dollars. You win that two thousand dollars. That's two thousand dollars cold hard cash in your pocket, right? Yeah, it's a shot of free money. I mean, you know, all my friends have already done it. All my clients have already done it. I highly encourage going for two grand because you get a free two thousand dollar bet that way. But you know. You don't have to risk any of your own money initially. If you pick a winner, you're free roll. So it's just like almost like a no brainer. The hard part, as we talked about last week, is you need to pick a winner to get any money, but your risk is zero. So, yeah. you know. Well, this week you got it, it. The one nice thing about this time of year is you get a lot of information about all the games. It's a little easier to handicap for a regular Joe handicapper. But as easy yeah. as that is, uh, we had a wonderful week. Uh, I went on four. You won one and three. The only game that uh, you won that I lost, I only took opposite, so I could gain ground on you. And it was, I, in my opinion, the greatest NFL football game I've ever watched in my life. What do you think of that Bills Chiefs game? Yeah, the Bills Chief games, I mean, a credit to all the teams this weekend. Every game for the first time I ever remember was settled on the last play of the football game. Literally four seconds left in the first three games, all three of them, field goal win it. And then the Chiefs game, field goal ties it, puts it into overtime. Then obviously the last play was the touchdown. So all of them were incredible games. I mean, every one of them. But yeah, the Buffalo KC game, holy shit. The last five drives, 
starting at one minute and 54 seconds left in the game. It, en- it ended. The first one ended at 154. Uh, but the last five drives culminated in a score that either changed the lead or tied the game. Uh, until the overtime victory at six. It's amazing. There were three ties. I mean, there were three lead changes. Then KC tied the game on the last play of regulation and then scored the game winner on the end. I, I was uh, discussing it with a buddy. I don't think there's a defense around throwing the 76 Steelers. You throw in the 85 Bears, the 90 Eagles, which I think is one of the greatest defenses of all time. little homerish, but it was a great defense. Or even the 2,000 Ravens. I don't think any defense was stopping Patrick Holmes with three timeouts to get in a field goal on that last drive. I'm sorry. And the game was then decided on a, on a coin toss. And everybody's saying, oh, well, you should have stopped him. I don't think anybody's stopping him. He was on a mission, and he's, I think, the greatest quarterback in football right now. Yeah, I mean, it was at a point where you knew the team that had the ball last was going to win the game. And I even did that. Just with points bet, they have live betting function. So you'll love this story. I bet Kansas City, as I, I picked on your show last week. So I bet Kansas City pregame, I think my line was minus two. So I'm in live. I've got a couple hundred bucks on KC. I'm looking at Buffalo. Good. I'm like, there's no way Josh Allen's getting stopped. I go on live bets. I bet 50 bucks on the Buffalo Bills at plus 700 to win the game. Okay. Mm-hmm. They get a touchdown. They take the lead. This was the first time they took the lead before the crazy pass to the fastest dude in the NFL to re-kill 80 yards, right? Correct. Now Buffalo gets the ball back. I'm going on. No one's going to stop Josh Allen. It's fourth and 16, I think, at the 20-something yard line, right, or 30-something yard line. I bet 50 bucks on Buffalo to win $1,400. So literally, I had $100 on the line to win 2,600, and then the Bills get in the end zone. And, and now they take the lead, and there's 13 seconds left. I'm looking at 2,600 bucks. I only risked $100. I could give two shits about that 100 bucks I put on Kansas City before the game started, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who cares? And then 13 seconds, Mahomes, I think there would be a defense that could stop them. My personal opinion Maybe get into a field goal. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, that kicker is good from 55. And he had three timeouts, and he's just a magician. Yeah, I mean. The Bills didn't, if I'm not mistaken, weren't the Bills the number one defense in football this year? Definitely in the AFC. I think in all of football, though. Well, yeah, they were in a lot of categories. They let up less. This You'll love this one. They let up less touching pass downs than anyone in the NFL this year. They've only let up two touching pass down uh, two uh, passing touchdowns excuse me in the same game one time and it was to Mahomes Ugh. so his over under on touchdowns Mahomes over under on touchdowns was two and a half you know what would have been I wanted I was thinking about at uh, your slider bet with that Gabriel Davis eight receptions oh. 201 yards and four touchdowns just imagine if on the money line alone, I couldn't imagine his over-under on receptions being any higher than four, so you take the overs. His over-under on yards was probably 76. You take the over on yards. One and a half on touchdowns, if yeah. that, maybe even a half. No. And he scored four. <laughs> yeah, his 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 receptions was two, I think. And his receiving yards was like 40-something. Well, I said to the moon, four and 75. You got eight and 201 and four touchdowns. Yeah, at the just on you put ten bucks on him over yards. You're you're you know on the slider side of things. You're making twenty five hundred. 
Man, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, all year I looked up his stats right before I uh, got you online. 35 receptions, 549 yards, and six touchdowns all year. <laughs> so he had basically half as many yards and uh, two-thirds as many touchdowns in a game and the biggest game of his life. But you know what's great about that meatball? You could always go back and play Monday morning quarterback and look at any NFL game and be like, shit. If I bet 10 bucks on that dude, or I bet 20 bucks on that dude, or I bet 25 bucks that that guy would score a touchdown and it's like the defensive tackle or something, there's like every game presents those opportunities. That's what makes it so cool. Every game has them in there. You just, you just don't know what they are until the fucking game's over. over. <laughs> then my brother actually, my brother in law uh, at a Super Bowl party actually had the uh, first score to game Seattle safety in that Super Bowl. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, that's awesome. <laughs> how, you, how you have that, it's amazing. But, yeah. Um, so, anyway, this week we got two games. I, I love conference championships Sunday. Uh, we got the Bengals getting seven points, visiting the Chiefs, 3 p.m. on CBS. Give me your analysis. Well, I mean, they just played a couple of weeks ago, right? And that's when uh, Cincinnati rolled into, or actually Kansas City came to Cincinnati, I think. Cincinnati beat Kansas City and won their first division title in like, I don't know, 30 years or something. Yeah, and I actually thought that was in KC. I didn't check it right before we were on. I, I'm not sure. I, I was as sure it was in KC as you sound as sure as it was in Cincinnati. So who knows? You know I'm not I'm not 100% positive anymore. <laughs> well, I think, it, I think it might have been in KC, actually. You know why? Because the spread was like eight points, and KC wouldn't be that big of a favorite in Cincinnati. I, so. ju I just remember being very, very impressed, and I could have accepted it a little bit at home, but... Because I remember being very impressed. That's why I assumed it was in Kansas City. Because it's a well, tough place to go into and win, too. That's when I said, Joe Burrows may be, may be the real deal. And I think he is. Those, oh, Joe Burrows, he's the real deal. There's no question about him, it. Him, Allen, and Mahomes. We got about 10 years of unbelievable AFC football to, to, to and, watch, I believe. Yeah. I mean, and don't forget about Justin Herbert. I mean, the, the Chargers need a little bit more around this guy. But he's he's like he's got the arm strength, and he runs the ball like Allen does, and he throws it like Allen. He's he's incredible, that kid. I, I got to admit, I haven't watched a whole lot of him, and everything I read about him is great, But I and I keep saying, I just think of that, that old Saints Bear guy, and I just like, yeah, all hype, not going to happen. So, I, But I could be wrong. I mean, it's, I'm, like I said, I, I follow the guy not at all. So uh, anyway, Bengals plus the seven. Give me your two-minute drill on that one. Yeah, well, like I was alluding to, I mean, obviously Cincinnati can beat Kansas City in Kansas City because they just did that. However, after that, that huge win by Kansas City, you know, that incredible comeback against Buffalo, I just feel like destiny's on Kansas City's side. And I just don't feel like there's any, there, no one's going to stop them. If they were going to get derailed, in my opinion, if they were going to get derailed this year, it would have been last week in Buffalo. Buffalo hung with them the whole time. They, they, they hit, they, you know, went blow for blow with Kansas City. They took the lead with 13 seconds left. And just, if they win the toss, Buffalo gets in the end zone. I don't think it was even going to – I haven't had anyone even argue that with me. When that game went to overtime, whoever got the ball was going to win that game and get in the end zone, period. Yeah, and so, that's, I actually think the playoffs, they should change the overtime for that. I think they should do a 10-minute quarter. And if that quarter ends on the tie, yeah, you flip a coin and kick off again for the next overtime quarter. This way, you got to run a two-minute drill when there's two minutes left in that if you need a score. Not, you, you know, you keep the ball on the 20 if you're on the 20. Um, yeah. There's a lot of variations you can use there. I mean, you know, go for two, uh, you know, after you get, the, if you get a touchdown, you have to go for two. 
they, they, you know, games like that leave you wanting, like, there's something remiss about that rule. Uh, and, yeah. Because on the do know, or die, I don't think either defense was stopping do or die on one drive. They had three yeah. tries to, to, to stop Buffalo on do yeah. or die. Those guys were just locked in. That's why if you had the whole 10-minute quarter, changes the game. They played differently. All right, give me a two-minute yeah. drill on the 49ers plus three and a half at the Rams. Uh, that's six thirty p.m. on Fox. They expected Brady Rogers to get <laughs> Garoppolo Stafford. It's like ordering a lobster, uh, what's that, surfing turf, and getting a hamburger and crab cake sandwich. <laughs> so, just to make it official, I'm taking KC minus the seven on that first game. I'm sorry, I thought you said that. I treaded all I, over you. <laughs> I did, but you know, and I'll give you just one interesting stat, which your your listeners uh, may not be aware of. If you pick the winner of the game, you could throw the spread out the window. And if you pick the winner of the game, it's it was it's been I think ninety six percent this playoff season they cover the spread. So in other words, you pick Kansas City, they win, they cover. Throw the seven away. Yeah, throw the spread away. But you also had to pick Cincinnati over Tennessee. Throw the spread away. You know, the same thing with San Francisco beating Tampa Bay. Just pick the winner. The spread really doesn't come into play in these playoff games. You know, a friend taught me that a long time ago, and I, I, I've actually locked into it. But uh, I uh, I got to I gotta call him because I got to tell him something about a uh, – I had like a 13 games this this year that I picked the winner but lost because of the points. It was an, oh. it was amazing, <laughs> but anyway, I have to talk to him about that. So we got the forty nine ers plus the three and a half. I'm taking us on tangents. I do that all the time. I know. No, that's fine. And you know what? It, it, it does happen. And it's interesting that you went off on that tangent because here's the game where I'm going to say I'm going to take San Francisco plus the three and a half points. They beat the Rams twice this year, and they beat the Rams six consecutive times. Uh, what's the McVeigh just can't beat? Who's the head coach of uh, San Fran? It's eluding me right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I was trying to think of it as you were saying McVeigh. It ain't is Shanahan, it, is it? It is Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Right? I was thinking he was offensive coordinator. I thought I convinced myself he was the offensive coordinator, not the head coach. But go ahead. So Kyle Shanahan, he's got his yeah. number. Kyle Shanahan has McVeigh's number. He has beaten him six consecutive games. That's amazing. I didn't realize six, that. Six. Oh, let me say it again. Six consecutive games. Did they have a seventeen point lead? How deep into that game a few weeks ago? Last game of the oh, season. That was the fourth quarter, wasn't it? It was a miracle comeback. It was very similar to Rams, Rams, Tampa Bay this week. Yeah, they were up twenty seven three, I think, in that game. Right, but they still needed a touchdown drive with under a minute, and they were at their own eight yard line with no timeouts, and they got in the end zone. No, Stafford. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, there's no way. Now, I do think the Rams can win the game by one, two, three points. Shit, we, after this weekend, we know anything can happen. happen. I mean, I've been saying that since we started doing these calls once a week during the playoffs. I mean, you know, they have to play the game. But my money's going on, on Frisco plus three and a half points. Hey, they might win the game outright, but they certainly could lose by a field goal, and I'll still win my money. All right. Uh, well, I have, I'm going to agree with you. I think the Chiefs are going to win and they are going to cover because I was taught the same thing you just said a long time ago. Throw the yeah. spread out, out out the window. Uh, amazing thing. Big red over there, Andy. Fourth consecutive AFC conference championship game. He has now won four straight conference championship games in both conferences and represented both conferences in the Super Bowl. That's 
this man's getting close to goat status, I have to say. Uh, he wins another Super Bowl. I think he's got to be in serious, serious you know, conversation with the Bill Walshes and the Don Shulas, in my opinion. Um, he's yeah. also did it with two different teams, which neither of those guys have done. Um, yeah. But uh, I agree. I got the Chiefs less to seven in the early game and then in the backup bowl because it should have been Brady Rodgers. Now, uh, I uh, I actually think the Rams are going to uh, are, are going to win. So I, I see a Rams Chiefs Super Bowl. Listen, that'd be a great game. I mean, the teams, the only team I don't really want to see in the Super Bowl is the Bengals. They're not they're not a Super Bowl team this year. Joe Burrow is the real deal. Dude, did you see their offensive line against Tennessee? Uh, Tennessee set a record, nine sacks. They completely dominated that offensive line. And all the teams that are left in the playoffs that they could play, Rams, San Francisco, have dominant front fours. It's, it, you know, Burrow got sacked nine times. How Tennessee loses that game, I, it's, it's almost, if not for Ryan Tannehill and his ridiculously bad-timed interceptions, Tennessee wins that game. They have no business winning when you let up nine sacks. It's never happened before. Yeah, that's never happened in that. Uh, I think it's only the second time ha that uh, Allen, he threw four touchdown passes and no interceptions. It's I think the second time that a quarterback has done that and lost in a playoff game. Yeah, I'm surprised that's happened once before because four TDs with no picks and you lose? Moves, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, not, that's unfair. It really is. All right, uh, we got the football part done. Let's have a little fun. We're going to revisit 1976. A couple quick questions for you. Uh, president and vice president, I actually got this wrong because it was an election year. The actual sitting president and vice president 1976 is the layup, which we never seem to get right anyway. Who do you got? Well, I completely suck at this game, but this one I actually know. Um, I know it wasn't, it wasn't Carter. It was whoever was president. Gerald Ford was president and Bob Dole was his VP. I'll spare your listeners the reason I know that I just seen something recently, but ah, ding, I know that. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I want, I want Carter and I think Rockefeller was Carter's uh, vice president, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I, only because uh, I know he was 76 to 80 and I misplayed the years. I, if I thought about it, I would have known Ford. I had no idea Bob Dole was ever vice president. Never would have known that. Uh, what do you think the Dale High for the year was? The highest it closed in 1976, the Dow Industrial Average. I'm going to say somewhere around five, 5,500, I'll say. Go one-fifth that. I was actually close on this. I said, I said about 1,000, only because I was getting used to it from the other times I asked you. It was 1,014.79. Well, that's what it was in 68, so it must have went up and came way back down. Wasn't that a question a couple of weeks ago? Uh, I didn't have it in 68. Yeah, it was third, yeah but the answer was 3,500. And then we had one other one that so was – so it was, it was less in 75 than it was in 68. No, 68, I didn't ask you the, the average. That was uh, 86, that it was 3,500. 86, 68. It's like a trick question. You just can't. Yeah, I flipped it. I was 67, 86, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I only have notes, though, too. That's, that, that's why I knew, because I, I look at what the questions I asked before were, because I don't ask the same exact ones. A couple of them are the same, and a couple of them I mix them up. Uh, minimum wage, 1976. Minimum wage, 1976, I'm going to say is probably 245 an hour. Nice job. 230 an hour it was. Yeah, you were really close. I wasn't close. I thought it was under two bucks. 
All right. Can you give me one of the top five songs? Top five songs in 1980. What were you doing? 1976. 1976. I'm trying to think where, uh, what year school I was in. Um, 1976. I'm going to go with a Bruce Springsteen song. Uh, any Bruce Springsteen song? Does that does that work, Paul? Because I suck at this game. <laughs> no, no, no Bruce Springsteen songs in the top okay. five. Only one song I would even recognize the name of. You got uh, "Silly Love Songs" by Wings. I think that's a Paul McCartney band, but I don't recognize that song. "Don't Go yeah. Breaking My Heart" by Elton John. I recognize the song. Never would have thought yep. it was a number one song of a year. Yeah. Uh, "Disco Lady" by Johnny Taylor. Never heard of. And this song I knew. And knew would have been a, a high-ranking song, but would have never guessed the year was 76. It was December 1963, Over the Night by the Four Seasons. Oh, okay. Um, that yeah. was a cool song. I like that song. I think it's the first song I ever made out to. I love that song. I have that song on my playlist when I go uh, when I play poker or I play golf. I ha- actually have that on yeah, my that's, playlist. Yeah, that's in my iPod, and that's on my – I have one that's about 45 songs that just play over and over, and that's, that's one of the 45 that it's in. Yeah, yes. Now, these so, you I- should get, I think. You got to be able to give me one of the top five TV shows of 1976. Okay. You I'm sh- going to say Happy Days. Bing, uh, ding, 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 ding. You got the, the number one. Laverne and Shirley. That's number two. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. Uh, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley. And then how about Eight is Enough? Uh, that was not on there. Got MASH and the ABC Monday Night and Sunday Night Movies. They were the top five ranking shows. Uh, okay. But well, I'm just happy. Yeah, you only had to get one. <laughs> How about top five movies? Uh, uh, Jaws. 1976 has to be Jaws and Star Wars. Jaws was 75. Star Wars uh, was 78. <laughs> uh, all right, go ahead. I suck at this game. Go ahead. Rocky. Go. Then a movie uh-huh. to fly, which I've never heard of. A Star is Born, the original one with... Uh, who was that singer? Streisand and King Kong. Oh, jeez. Well, listen, I I have a hard time placing the year that that was going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's how I usually tease this when I do the years, too. They're things you, should, you knew right off the top of your head at the time, but now you can't figure out when you know them from. All right, just right. give us the four champions. Uh, the four, okay, the four champions in 1976. All right, so... I'm going to say the Dodgers in baseball or the Cincinnati Reds. Now I'm making my own rules. I'm throwing two teams at you. <laughs> Your what final answer is one of them's right. Oh, I'll go with the Dodgers. The Reds. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, God, I suck at this game. <laughs> Super Bowl um, 10. Super Bowl 10, 1976 champions were. Uh, Super Bowl 10, I'll say... How about the Pittsburgh Steelers? There you go, Lynn Swan, MVP. I fell yep. in love with football that day. My okay. father yelled at me because I was irking him and his buddies who were watching the game. He made me sit down and cross my legs and fold my hands, and Lynn Swan made that catch over Mark Washington. I fell in love with wide receivers, Lynn Swan, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and football at that moment. I still have that magazine framed and hanging over my television from the 1976 okay. Super Bowl. That Sports Illustrated. Great memory. Now, your next two, you, you, you should get because they're your normal ones. <laughs> oh, you're talking about you're talking about hockey. So hockey, I'd go with the Montreal Canadiens. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, I'm doing good. 76 <laughs> was a good year. And then all we have left is the NBA championship, which I will say 
Lakers or Celtics, but I'm going to change that. I'm going to go with the Celtics. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. ding. You, 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 cru you crushed me in that this week, too. Nice job. Uh, I'm going to let you go because I've kept you tied up long enough. My guy at yeah. PointsBet, uh, I appreciate it. And don't forget, go up to PointsBet.com, start a new account, use the promo code MEATBALLS, get $2,000 free chance at money. Yeah, and most importantly, make sure you pick a winner. Yes, yes, and uh, you, you got one from us because I think we picked all four players this week. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, no, nobody picked the Bengals. Uh, but uh, points bet guy, thank you very much. I will talk with you next week. All right, Meatball, you got it, buddy. Over and out. Later. All right, so let's wrap this episode up. Uh I'm going to call it just a little venting. That's what we're going to name this episode because that's really all I did is vented a little about some things. Uh, let's uh, first, let's go over at 1976. Re we revisit it. And my honest answers were for president and vice president. I said Carter and Rockefeller. Uh, Rockefeller was our vice president, but under the Republican uh, Gerald Ford. I, I mixed it up. I knew Carter won the election in 76. He didn't actually take office till 77, though. But I did by default get Rockefeller right. Uh, I can't believe he's a Republican. I thought he was really liberal anyway. But uh, I was just a child then, so didn't really know too much. Uh, minimum wage, my guess was 225 and a Dow Industrial Average high. I said 1025. Now, I remember and do see the notes from previous shows when I'm putting this together. So I wasn't technically cheating, but I was taking a more educated guess based on those numbers that I do remember from previous shows. Uh, TV shows, I said Happy Days and MASH. Movies, my favorite movie of all time, Rocky. My champions, I believed, were Reds, Steelers, Celtics, and the Islanders in hockey. Uh, the correct answers for 1976, President and Vice President, were Ford and Nelson Rockefeller. Minimum wage was $2.30. The Dow Industrial High for the year close was $1,014.96. The champions were the Reds in baseball, Steelers in the Super Bowl, Celtics in the NBA and the Maple Leafs in hockey. Uh, one of the top five 1976 TV shows, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, MASH, Charlie's Angels, and The Big Event. They were the top five. I know them all, but The Big Event, never heard of that. Don't remember that. Uh, give me one of the top five 1976 movies. Top movies in 1976 were Rocky, To Fly, which I've absolutely never heard of. A Star is Born, the original, that is. King Kong, uh, that was the first big remake. Uh, once I read that, I did know that was 76. And a movie called Silver Streak that I'm only vaguely familiar with. But anyway, uh, so that's Revisit it, 1976. We'll pick another year and do the same thing next week. Also, listen in next week for some true or maybe just urban legend, but uh, very entertaining and funny Andy Kaufman stories. I'm going to get them for you based on the Mighty Mouse cartoon character calls. Uh, and in honor of those stories, uh, for next week's calls, I want to hear your favorite comedians and a story about or a joke of theirs that you love. So uh, you can call right now and leave that and help set me up for my uh, show next week. Leave me a voicemail on your favorite comedian and a story or joke of theirs at 307-363-2669. 307-363-2669. Your favorite comedian. Go. 
Uh, also, Joe Rogan had an interesting guest on this week on his podcast, and I'm looking into that story. But uh, he claimed Facebook, Google, all these uh, free web services and things we're doing, they're all a cover-up for S&M. Not that S&M. He calls it Surveillance and Monitor tour uh but it's uh his snm and uh, i'm going to discuss that i'm going to look into that see what i can find out about that we're going to discuss that a little but uh ladies and gentlemen boys and girls that is my podcast for this week my microphone is off until next week thanks for listening in